Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Sunday evening. Been a beautiful day out today, a little chilly, but uh, didn't really go outside and do anything because I took me a good old-fashioned nap. It felt really good. Didn't want to get up. I just wanted to just lay there all day and do nothing, but... I know I couldn't do that, so uh, for some reason, uh, people frown on when the pastor don't want to uh, doesn't show up to preach or teach on Sunday night and Wednesday nights. They kind of tend to get a little upset, so uh, so I better get up and uh, do something with myself. Uh, Darlene Barker says, "Evening, dog. Good evening, Miss Darlene." Andrew Cohen's, "Hello, sir. I praise God. Great message for these troubled times, to be sure. Yes, sir." Sharon Boyd, prayers for Randall Trent. Yes, Sharon, thank you. We will, when we get to the uh, prayer request, we'll be sure to try to remember that. Uh, Miss uh, Kimberly, I don't know if I ever say your name right enough. Is it Mosier or Mosier? I don't know if I'm ever pronouncing that right, but good evening. And uh, uh, and Darlene said, pray for her family that are struggling. And Stanton Trailer said, good evening, Matt. So good evening to you, Mr. Trailer. And uh, glad uh, you all are watching this evening. And as I said before, uh, in case, uh, you know, I, I just want to give a reminder. Uh, you know, there's, you know, I try, Dad don't really understand. I think sometimes uh, when people comment, I told him, I said, try to think of it as a call in talk show. I said, it's kind of, you know, it's almost kind of rude to ignore somebody when they're when they're commenting. Now, when I get to the heart of the message, I don't respond until at the end. I may respond to a few things. Good evening, Mr. Rice. But um, but in case you're watching uh, uh, and you're commenting on, um, uh, say, the, the church Facebook, uh, I will not see that. The only, only, only comments I see are the ones directly put on my personal Facebook, and sometimes when we see those, in fact, uh, uh, Dr. Kohlberg uh, made a comment under Wednesdays and did not show up at all until I was done, and it, it, there it was, so I don't know, so I thought, well, I hope he didn't think I was ignoring him, so just so you know, but uh, Mr. Cohen says, uh, hello from Popo, a new... New Andrew and Clara and Papa New Guinea. So, uh, yes, sir. I uh, and I know I don't pronounce his last name right. I always make that mistake, and I can't remember. Andrew, you have to spell it out how you're supposed to pronounce your last name because I know when I said that I thought I'm not saying that right. It's, he's he's pronounced different how it's spelled, so I apologize for that. But anyway, glad you're watching. That's pretty cool that uh, uh, we got people watching from Papua New Guinea. That's awesome. I, I put I put pressure on me now. <laughs> now I feel like I got to do something really good and awesome. So. Uh, I don't know. So just pray that the Holy Spirit will work through me and I won't screw it up. But uh, let's go ahead and um, look at our opening scripture this evening. Look at uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and the hearing through the word of Christ. Is that not awesome? Uh, yes. Uh, his last name is uh, uh, is uh, it, it's spelled K O E N S, and you would think Cohen's, and I know I do that every time. And Dad, Mom will get on me. So, but it's Coon, Andrew Coon. So, I, in fact, uh, the last time that they were here and spoke, his little boy uh, got on me. Oh, not got on me, but he he corrected what I was uh, how I was pronouncing their last name. So I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I thank you for that clarification, sir. Uh, all right, prayer request. Of course, we had uh, a few. Darlene uh, already had one. 
Uh, oh, Kimberly said her kids are listening. Well, good. Well, I'll, I'll try to wash my language, Kim. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, uh, I know Sharon had Randall on there, and I know Darlene had already mentioned about her family. Uh, let's see here. We got Merv, Kim Penix, Jane Kitchings, Wendy Lee, Chuck and PK, Larky and Nancy, Jackie and Rhonda, Johnny and Nora, uh, Morris and Carolyn, Larry and Dinah, PT and Sherry, Linda and Ralph, Ron Thompson, Kathy Young, Kirk Young, David Stennett, Joe Franklin, Pat Brown, Tracy Kent, Donnie Cutshaw, Glenn Johnson, and my cousin Josh Laws. He's he's had a thing on Facebook. He's talking about how he's uh, battling. He's got tests of the stupid COVID, and he's talking about how he's really struggling to breathe and having a really rough time. And I. I hate it, bless heart. He works uh, in the public, and uh, I really hate that he's uh, having to deal with that mess. I really, really pray for my cousin there. He's he's a good man. Jamie and Linda Arnold, I know they are uh, have some issues with uh, their family uh, battling that as well. So let's go ahead and have a uh, quick word of prayer, if we may. Dearly Father, Lord, we just praise your holy name. Lord, I hope people understand that uh, we become in your presence, your holy presence. Let us do it with great humility and reverence. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiveness of sins. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And Lord, let us pray that you'll be with each and every one of these prayer requests or prayer concerns. Lord, I just want to lift up my cousin Josh to you, Lord. I just pray that you put your mighty hands upon him. Heal him mildly, take away this uh, breathing difficulties, and uh, that he'll get to feeling better. I pray that you'll be with uh, Kirk Young, Kathy Young. I pray that you'll be with Jane Kitchings. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with uh, Linda David Feathers, and uh, I pray that you'll be with Ginger Hood and Troy, and Kim Penix and Wendy Lee. I pray that you'll be with Larry and Donna Knight, and PK and Chuck. Uh, Lord, I do pray with uh, that you'll be with. Darlene Barker's family, I pray that you be with Randall Trent, and uh, Lord, I pray that you be with all the prayer requests, the concerns, those mentioned and not mentioned, uh, those that I have read, and those that were uh, read this morning at uh, early service, and uh, Lord, I just pray that you will be done in each and every situation, and Lord, let you, and Lord, let us submit to you, realize and understand that you're in control of all situations. Lord, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right. Um, as far as announcements go, I can't really think of. Uh, uh, oh, well, of course. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Dad had on here, uh, or Mom did. Uh, the uh, and Dad announced it this morning. Uh, next Sunday is Ugly Sweater Sunday, so <laughs> be sure and uh, wear your uh, your ugly sweater, uh, the best one you've got. And uh, I got tickled at him. A woman come in and sat down, and uh, he said, "Oh, I like your sweater." By the way, next Sunday's ugly sweater, and I was thinking, man, that's, that's kind of insulting. So I said, uh, "Not that hers is." He goes, "Oh, well, no, not that hers is." But uh, he said it just remind, made him remind, reminded him uh, to say something. But uh, yeah, so next Sunday's ugly sweater. And uh, today was pretty chilly, but next Sunday probably be 80 degrees, and everybody's trying to wear their sweaters and sweat, and that's the way it usually goes. Uh, and then, of course, I do my morning devotions uh, every morning at 6.15. Uh, of course, keep an eye on Washington County school schedules. If they're a two-hour delay or if they're out, then just 
my, my usually my devotions be about an hour, hour and a half later, just because, uh, like I said, I just don't want to, it's hard to get all this together and uh, without waking everybody up in the house. So I try to give it a little, a little more time so they can get up stirring around, but it's their little hearts. So, <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's go ahead and look at first Peter chapter one, verses three through five. And remember, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, and uh, uh, so if you're if you're reading from King Jimmy, it may be a little uh, worded a little different what I have. And and like I said before, the reason why I do that, I just think it just makes it easier for the study. I'm not here to retranslate King James. What I'm here is to hopefully expound on God's Word and bring some understanding to uh, the Scripture. And I just feel like by reading English Standard, it kind of uh, eliminates the 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 field to do that. But um, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Awesome. Awesome passage of scripture. So well, let's go ahead and uh, uh, have another quick word of prayer and then let's dive into God's word. Dear Father, Lord, we, again, we just come before you and Lord, we just want to uh, start this teaching outright and uh, Lord, let's pray that you will fill not only this little office with your spirit, uh, but uh, even Papua New Guinea to whatever, wherever anybody's at, that you will fill that their their room, their home, uh, that with the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, and uh, Lord, I pray that you will lead us, that you will guide us, and that you will direct us in your Word. Lord, let us be equipped, let us be edified. Most importantly, let us glorify you in thought, word, and deed. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, so let's dive in here again. We're looking at First Peter chapter one. If you're just now tuning in. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Now, let's look at verse 3 one more time here, okay? Hey, even though we read it, let's, we're going to break this, this down here. All right, now it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's see if you see that exclamation point there. Blessed be the God and Father. So we're seeing that, that wonderful thing. You know, it's kind of like uh, you can look at it a couple of different ways. One scenario, uh, you can look at it, you know, uh, it's nothing worse <laughs> I guess, well, I don't say nothing worse, but I guess sometimes that you can uh, feel agitated. Uh, if you're kind of uh, having a rough day, things aren't going well, and you hear somebody's coming in saying, praise God, isn't everything just wonderful and great? You know, and uh, you feel like less of a Christian because you're sitting there in self-pity and wallering around, you know, and somebody's all excited and praising God, you know, and you're thinking, you know, you know well, things aren't so great right now. And, uh, you know, and, and things may not be great. There's a lot of people losing their jobs right now. There's a lot of people dealing with sickness or uh, uh, with financial difficulties, whatever it may be, uh, they may be having a rough time right now. And, uh, and to sit there and say, well, praise God, that's a wonderful, you know, the, the thing, you know, you may think, well, how can I be praising God? You know, a lot of people have a hard time with Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. They have a, have a hard time with that sometimes. Like, how can this work together for good? But we don't understand uh, on this side of heaven uh, how God is working these things together for his good. And, uh, uh, you know, it'd be kind of like... Um, 
say uh, uh, we won, say I inherited uh, $800 million. Uh, and uh, I come in, I was all excited, say, look what I've won. I've won $800 million and all excited. And, and somebody else just lost their job and they're going, whoopee, good for you, you know, kind of attitude. And uh, what's so great about that? But see, what we're looking at here is blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about something far greater than a temporary inheritance. He's talking about something far greater than anything that we could ever possibly imagine. And, and you may be, you know, when I refer to these individuals who are really having a difficult time and, and you're saying, praise God. Uh, you know, they, you know, you may say, well, that's kind of callous or cold and, and, uh, uh, and just talking about winning something superficial as, as, as an $800 million inheritance, you know, how's that helping anything? But see, in this very specific time, place in history, you know, he's talking to individuals who are going through severe persecution, who were dealt with horribly uh, through slavery, who's, uh, who, women who were Christians, whose husbands were not, and they were uh, treated in, in terrible ways. And, and so, you know, they're, they're going to dealing with some real persecution, some real hardships. And here comes Peter saying, blessed, blessed be God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, and, to, and another way to kind of put that into context, to understand where he's coming from, uh, I was thinking about this earlier. You know, my dad, he, uh, my grandfather sold Ansel Fire Equipment. My dad went to a firefighting school in Wisconsin, and uh, and he, he learned how to deal with different, fight different fires and such. Well, say that there was a, um, a terrible fire, all right, and, uh, and there was a child trapped on the third floor, and a man rushes in, and he, he's fighting the flames and and jumping over burned-out holes of the floor, and he's injured himself, and he's burnt, and he's bleeding, but he runs back out with that baby or child unharmed. And you can imagine the woman with her great joy saying, praise God, blessed be God, thank you, God, for saving my son. Well, that's what we're looking at here. It's what Peter's saying. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for his mercy, his goodness, his love, his faith, his joy. Praise God. Blessed be God for, for, for saving us. You know, and I, you know, I think there's a lot of Christians out there, you know, and that's one thing I've told you all before that um, one thing that I try to do as a pastor uh, is that uh, uh, I, I want to get people excited about God. And I think sometimes people lose sight uh, of their zeal and their excitement for Jesus Christ. You know, uh, they come to know God and, uh, you know, once they were, they were, you know, like the, once they were blind and now they see, uh, you know, and they were, and once they come to know Jesus Christ, they're excited, they're on fire. Uh, but then over time, you know, uh, it's, they become, it's so easy to become uh, complacent and apathetic, so easy to, to kind of get in that rut and lose that zeal and lose that fire. And that's something that, that I try hard to do, you know. Sometimes, I, I, I mean, uh, I just, I, I feel, I want God to use me uh, to stoke the fires, if you will. I, I want to get, I want God to use me to get whoever watches, whoever listens, excited for Jesus Christ. You know, because, you know, this, this world, 
that we're living in, it, this, this, these, these present sufferings are temporary. That's all they are. They, they are temporary. We are headed for wonderful and great things. But, you know, some people say, yes, heaven is great. Heaven is wonderful. And I, I get to look forward to that. Yay. Uh, you know, and uh, but what can God do for me now kind of attitude? And uh, yes, God can do wonderful things for you now. God can reveal himself in many ways. God can bless you in tremendous ways. You know, there, are, there are wonderful things that we can uh, uh, you know, have now, so to speak, but, uh, uh, but we don't need to lose sight of the fact of what we get to look forward to. In this world, we will have trouble. That's one of the verses we were reading here uh, last week, that in this world we'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. We, God, you know, Jesus did not, uh, you know, he, he didn't make any excuses. He didn't sugarcoat. That's what I'm looking at. He didn't sugarcoat the fact that we're going to have major trouble in this world. You know, he will give us that comfort. He will give us that strength. He'll give us that ability uh, to, uh, uh, to, to keep moving forward. And in this world, it gives that strength to do so. But we need to keep our eyes on the prize. I think that's the problem with a lot of Christians is the fact that they're too focused and too concerned uh, with their with the their their where they're at in the world and not focusing enough in the future and in our what we are to receive as our inheritance, which we'll get into here in a little bit, as Christians. Now we don't want to be so focused on the world to come that we lose sight on the world we're at in the in the present. We have a job, we have a responsibility as Christians to go out and spread the word and tell others about Jesus Christ. And um, uh, my father just texted Second Timothy 1 6. So let's look here. Let's see what Father says. The uh, I call him the the uh, uh, Odin All Father. So uh, <laughs> let's see uh, what uh, what he has what he has suggested here. Uh, he says. Um, for this reason, I remind you, <clears throat> I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So, <clears throat> thank you, my father. I appreciate that. Good old Odin, all father. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so we're you know. As, as Christians, so, so there, there's, there's some things here we need to look at just in this very first verse that, um, uh, first of all, to be, we see that word blessed, to be thankful. And uh, uh, we see that first Peter, uh, or, or first Peter, <laughs> Peter in general, he is, um, you know, the, uh, he's using this word blessed. And, uh, and I think it's used in the Hebrew, particularly in Scripture, I think over 27 times, if I'm not mistaken, if I did uh, my studies correctly, uh, that is uh, the case. But, um, uh, but we see here, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one thing that we're, we're understanding here, all right, let's look, at, let's look at a couple of things here just real quickly. Uh, let's look at John 5, 18. So let me get over here at... Uh, John, I want to look through a few scriptures. Well, first, I'm sorry, I apologize here. Let me get over here. John 5, uh, verse 18, uh, as to why he specifically put that in there, okay? This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he bre breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. 
All right, so that's very important that we read that there in John 5, 18, that he was even calling God his own father. So that's one reason why they were seeking to kill Christ. So that's one reason why that Peter over here, all right, that's why he's making a point to say that we are Christians, that that he that, uh, that be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's making a point here, all right, that uh, yes, that he is the Son of God. And so that's, that's one reason why he's doing that. Now, we look over here also. Uh, no, wait a minute. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Never mind, never mind, never mind. I was thinking of something else and uh, another scripture, but I was relating to something else we'll get into here in just a minute. But, um, but so that's one reason why that he's making that point. You know, he's standing firm. And he, he's sitting there and he's saying, hey, listen, you know, uh, blessed be, you know, the, praise God. All right, and 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 if you, they, these Jews as such who sought to kill him, they're really going to fly in the face of what uh, uh, of those who didn't believe that he was truly the Messiah, that he was truly the Son of God. It's going to fly in the face of that, according, all right, to his great mercy. All right, so that's a very important there, according to his great mercy. Now, when we read that there, his great mercy, all right? And now, we'll, we'll finish on the second. It is his mercy that we are saved. It is by his mercy uh, that he, you know, this kind of goes back to what we're looking at in 1 Peter 1, uh, 1 through uh, 2 in regards to election. See, it is by his mercy that he chose some. He didn't have to choose anybody. Remember, we was reading the scripture talking about uh, the clay has no right to to question the potter. You know, some people say, well, that isn't fair. Hey, he is our creator. God did not have to do anything. He didn't even have to send his only son, but he sent his only son to save us, to show us the way. And dad even hit on that uh, this morning. So when he was preaching this morning, some of the stuff he's hitting on, I told him, I said, well, tonight's gonna probably compliment what you were, uh, were talking about this morning is that, uh, you know, nothing on our own. You know, we could work our way uh, in. In fact, I was, uh, uh, when I was uh, studying for this evening, there was a um, illustration that I'd read. I didn't get the guy's name. I meant to look, go back and look at his name. But anyway, I just the point, the reason why I say that, I don't want you to think it's uh, my own uh, uh, story here. So it's written by somebody else. Uh, said that um, uh, he was talking to a woman who was suicidal. And um, uh, he was trying to explain to her uh, God's mercy and uh, trying to explain to her salvation. And he, she said, well, I'm a good person, so, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about that. And he said, you know, that's kind of a sticky situation that, uh, you know, here she's suicidal, but explained to her how she's too uh, thinking too highly of herself and too self-involved, too self-centered, and that she, you know, uh, need to, to understand that it, her goodness was not going to get her into heaven. And that's, that's I think that's one of the, one of the biggest lies the old devil has out there, uh, the, the world uh, to make them think that they are good enough to get to heaven. That's a sad thing. You know, I was telling you all this uh, here a little while back. I was very proud of my daughter. She was on, uh, I don't know if she's on Snapchat or Instagram or what kind of forum she was in, but uh, I said that there was a conversation come up among some of her uh, peers about uh, uh, being good enough to get into heaven. And my daughter went in there and really explained to them the way to salvation. I was a very proud papa uh, that she uh, uh, she got in there and t explained to them that it could be good enough to get to heaven. And uh, you tell she listened. 
man, listen to me and uh, uh, her uh, <laughs> her crazy grandfather. <laughs> but um, sorry, I don't mean to get choked up. So like every time I speak or preach, I get choked up. I don't know why. I guess I, I I'm just so passionate. Uh, about God's word. And I told Brandy, I said, I don't want people to think I'm a crybaby. You know, I don't, I don't want y'all to think that, but I just, I love the Lord. And, and I love, you know, I get um, the other night after getting a, a, a teaching and I, I just, I, you know, I just get so excited uh, to to preach the gospel. And I'm so excited and I look forward. Uh, it's one thing, one of my biggest prayers uh, when I uh, go to teach and preach is, Lord, help me uh, to, to, to instruct uh, to to teach in a way to bring about understanding that maybe uh, they they haven't uh, uh, seen before or understood before in this passage, you know, and, and so I just get I'm just uh, I just want people to know the love of Jesus Christ. I want people to understand uh, what what God can give, what Jesus Christ has done for you, and as a Christian, what He is continuing to do. And uh, just like we talked about last week, that sprinkling of the, of the, of the blood and uh, what that meant, and and how that separated the uh, the Aaronic priesthood, and and uh, and that cleansing of the leper, and uh, uh, was that Exodus uh, four? I want to say uh, one through seven was where they used the sprinkling of the of the blood of the bird. I think. Uh, don't hold me. I have to go back and look. But anyway, um, so you know. Uh, those who are saved need to understand that continual mercy, that continual forgiveness, and don't take that for granted. You know, I think that's one so many times, so many people, uh, they take it for granted what they have and uh, what God has done for them. And uh, so I get very passionate uh, about uh, about my love for Christ and, and my teaching and my preaching. So, you know, I, I know I realize I probably don't need to say I'm sorry for getting choked up or upset, but I just love the Lord. Sorry, there it goes again. I tell you, I don't know what it. What's the matter with me? I really don't. I want to have to. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have to put up a picture of my mother-in-law so I won't get upset. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. But it's. Uh, but I know she's watching, and, and if I didn't harass her, there'd be something bad wrong. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, so he has caused us to be born again. Okay, so that's very important there that we we that word those words born again. So he has caused us to be born again. All right. Now, when we um, uh, you know, first of all, all right, we we see this. You know, when I, one thing I meant to mention, when you see this in verse three, that this blessed. All right, you know, and and why? Why are they blessed? That's one thing. That's what we're looking at right here. Right here is the, this the realities. Uh, of worship and, and the realities of what God has done. That is why. That's why we're blessed. And we see that it's born again, all right? Uh, that uh, And that's what was going to bring me to um, what I was wanting to look at here in John. Uh, so that's why I started, I almost skipped ahead because I remember I was wanting to look at that. Uh, there's some, some verses I want to look at. If you look at John chapter 3, and you look at uh, starting with verse 3, apparently in regards to being born again, Let's read that. Now, if you, if you have your Bibles handy, again, I'm starting to look at John chapter 3, starting with verse 3. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to move too fast because, uh, uh, you know, it's easier when I'm at the pulpit because I can see people looking things up in their Bibles. When, you're, when I'm here by myself, I've already got stuff marked, so it's kind of, uh, it's easy to, to move quickly. But um, uh, John chapter 3, starting with verse 3 through 8. 
says, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say unto you, I say to you, unless one is born again, sorry, saying that again, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and he and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, and I'm sorry, water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. All right. So there's, uh, you know, there you, you're physically born, but now we're talking about being spiritually born. All right. That, that, that new birth, uh, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from, where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So again, we're not we're talking about that rebirth, talking about that spiritual rebirth. That uh, it's not of a human design; it's of God's design. It's of God's work. His sovereignty is what we're looking at here. Is God's sovereignty? So when we read that, there, that uh, makes us want to look at uh, John one twelve and thirteen. Like I said, we just got a couple things we just want to look at here. Uh, John one twelve and thirteen. But to all who did receive him, who believed. In his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. All right, again, we're seeing that to be born again, to be born of God, that spiritual, that that God is the one that brought us to faith. All right, uh, and, 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 and faith comes from hearing, from the hearing of the word of God. Uh, you know, we, we see that in um, uh, Hebrews 1, uh, and uh, the faith is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, it is through God that we have faith. This faith is not something we conjure up on our own. It is through the will and the work of God that we have that faith in order to be enlightened to believe. Okay, so finally, or not I'm not ending our teaching, but finally, when we're looking at these verses in regards to being born again, I do feel that it's good that we look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. So let me flip over here real quick at 1 John. Chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves Jesus whoever he or whoever has been born of him. So, you know, we look at this. That's why, you know, you look at these verses. These verses are very uh, wonderful, uh, rich verses. And they're chalked full with so much uh, goodness and, and information. Uh, you know, so to me, it's almost kind of like uh, uh, biting into a very rich brownie. You know, you take one bite, like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's just very rich. That's these verses, you know. That's why we, we were able to take and draw and extra extrapolate so much, like as we did in verses 1 and 2. And we're looking at verses 3 and 5. You know, I, I don't plan on, you know, uh, you know this, these studying First Peter, Second Peter may take us a while. I don't know, it, or we may be able to jump quicker through some of these verses. But these, in particular, are very, very rich with information. But we see here that His mercy. We're talking about being born again, okay, to a living hope. All right, a living hope. Now you say, well, uh, what does that mean exactly? That that living hope, that that new birth, that hope or faith. You know, we look at that living hope here. And, you know, well, first of all. 
you're talking about being born again. You know, you're you're like that's why it's called being a a, a baby in Christ. Uh, you know, when you're uh, when you come born again, you're when you're a baby, you're on, on milk, and when as you grow in maturity. Uh, as a Christian, uh, you you feast on that that meat. Uh, you can have more hearty things. Well, as a newborn, that is living, living hope, that that living faith in Christ Jesus. Those things we get to hope for. Those things that we get to experience. Those things that we get to look forward to in the in eternity and the things with Jesus Christ. Remember, become those joint heirs. Uh, to the throne with Jesus Christ. And that's one of the things we get to look forward to in that living hope um, that, uh, you know, once we were dead, but now we are alive. And, you know, that, you know, I, uh, I as I, uh, as my journey through a, uh, as a Christian, you know, I, I've told you before, I, uh, uh, I was brought up and raised in a godly Christian home. And uh, as a teenager, I felt like I, I tried to, to, uh, somewhat live for the Lord, but buddy, when I got out of high school, I hung around the wrong people, and my best friend Lance died, I just I got stupid, you know, I just all there is to it, and allowed the God of this world to, to jade me and to blind me, and I'd give anything to have those years, I was thinking about the other day, I thought, boy, I wish I could have that time back, and think, man, maybe the Lord could have used me in a, in a major way if I hadn't got stupid out there, but there's so many people out there who are blinded by the God of this world. And there's so many people out there, they don't understand what we're trying to explain to them, the things of Jesus Christ. They don't get it. And, you know, that's why one thing I was talking about here recently, talking about us being those sojourners, uh, those, uh, uh, you know, we, we are strangers in a strange land, that, you know, they, they you know, we are, that's why we're like aliens. They, they don't get us, and we don't get them. You know, the God has opened our eyes. We, things have been revealed to us. But those in the world have been blinded. They don't. They don't get it, and that's why when we see these things that's going on, transpiring on around us, we know that you know uh, time's running out. We know that uh, uh, you know it is uh, getting close to the end of uh, uh, you know uh, Jesus is going to be returning soon, and uh, and or rapturing us out soon. There's there's a distinction between the rapture and the second coming. But uh, uh, but we know that that you know, we're, we're the, the world's spinning. Is is uh, is about to end, you know, and uh, but those in the world don't get it, and they make fun of us, and they mock us. That's why I was telling Dad the other day. I tell you what, I and I've told you this before. I uh, see things that uh, underneath some of the local news channels, uh, Facebook posts, some of the comments that are put on there, and I'll be honest with you, I get so mad, I get so angry, I have to just, I just have to back off it because there's just no there's. A lot of these people are just trolls. They're just on there for no other reason to stir up trouble. They're on there for no other reason. They get their jollies out of getting Christians mad and upset. And uh, there's just no point in it. Uh, but uh, but it's just indicative uh, of the spiritual blindness uh, that is out there. But that doesn't neglect our responsibility as Christians to try to um, talk to those around us, whether it's somebody at work, whether it's somebody in, in, in line at, uh, at the Wally World. Hey, right now, uh, with Christmas, uh, you know, it is uh, a good time to talk to people about the Lord. Man, you've got a, I mean, you know, we're talking about the birth of our Savior here. And I know for somebody emails me, do you know that December 25th is not the actual birth? I know, okay? <laughs> you don't have to email me and tell me I understand that I know it's not the literal day, but you get the point. This is when we celebrate Jesus' birth. And right now is an, an optimal time to talk about Jesus. Now, 
The bad thing is, if you're like me, I can't understand what anybody's saying behind a mask. You know, somebody's talking to me and I'm like, you know, because I don't really hear well. And I, I'm, I'm usually trying to half read lips when somebody's talking to me. When they got those masks on, I'm like, you know, half the time, Brandy's my interpreter. She said, Matt, they're asking you. I was like, oh, I didn't know they were talking to me. You know, somebody's talking to you or, or here's what they've said. You know, I praise God when she's with me because she helps me to interpret what others are saying. But uh, so that makes it difficult. But at least uh, while you're out there, uh, try to use that opportunity uh, to demonstrate Jesus. And, um, you know, uh, and people are very nasty right now, sometimes that are shopping, try to show Jesus, try to show that kindness. It is hard. It is difficult. Just like uh, the other day, Brandy was uh, uh, was at the Wally World, stupid washcloths, right? washcloths. And uh, they were like a dollar something. And Brandy reached out. She was going to get a couple. And when she reached down, the woman across from her was grabbing as fast as she could. And even the guy went beside her was like... Let her have some, you know, and Brandy was like, well, I just wanted to and went on. But I mean, it's just like, it's washcloths, you know, but maybe she was really nasty. I don't know. She need them. Or maybe she had family members that were really nasty and really needed them. I don't know. But um, so people can be nasty and rude. But right now, man, we got an opportunity to explain to people the love of Jesus Christ. So we have the living hope through the resurrection, all right, the defeat of death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Is that not a wonderful thing? All right. Uh, Jesus conquered, overcome sin and death. Through him, we have life eternal. Praise God. Blessed be the God of Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed. Awesome, man. Look at what we have. Don't forget what we have been given. We have been given a wonderful inheritance, a wonderful inheritance that is imperishable. All right, it can't be destroyed. See, uh, we're we're in a situation where, uh, well, when you look at Matthew six nineteen through twenty one. All right, you're talking about imperishable. Let's look at this Matthew six nineteen through twenty one. Let's see here. It says, um, let me get over here. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, we have something here that, uh, uh, you know, the things that the world has will be uh, will be eat up with rust and be eat up with decay. And, uh, uh, you know, you're so worried about, you know, it's nothing wrong with wanting nice things. There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, uh, buying from Amazon, unless you can sign a control. <laughs> but uh, it's like, uh, who was it put on? Somebody put on Facebook, said, this is the time of year that uh, I get so many packages and forget what I ordered that if I, that if a llama shows up, uh, looking at my husband and just say, hey, it is what it is, you know. So this time of year can get a little crazy. But understand that, you know, all this stuff will be uh, destroyed. All this stuff will be eaten up, be corrupted. It's not lasting, but our our what we have with Jesus Christ, our eternal, our salvation is is will not be destroyed. It is imperishable. Okay, it is imperishable. It will not be destroyed. In fact, um, there was something uh, I wrote something down in regards to that, but I can't remember what it was now. But anyway, there was something I was wanting to uh, uh, to to. Uh, expound on there uh, that I'd written down is actually out of Barclay's book, but I can't remember what I, what I was going to write, uh, 
expound on that. But anyway, it is um, imperishable. It is undefiled. And it is unfading. Is that not a wonderful, a beautiful thing that um, uh, that it is a uh, 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 that these things cannot be destroyed? That what we have with Jesus Christ is living and it is eternal. And and it, if nothing else, when things are 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 decaying and 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 um, well, like the law of thermodynamics, things are winding down. Okay, that's where I'm getting at here is the fact that, uh, uh, oh, Mike Hensley put on there, Kim Hensley put on there, I was talking about the llama, she's the one put that on there. But anyway, uh, but the thing that is with Jesus Christ is is the fact that things are winding up, that we should be, ex- you know, experiencing these things uh, with with even more joy, with even more excitement uh, with when it comes to the things of Jesus Christ. These things are, are, are degrading, but with things, when it comes to our walk with Christ, we should be accelerating. You see what I'm saying? That it should be uh, even more so when it comes with our walk with Christ. And that's what I'm getting at here, my friends, is to, is to be excited, to be on fire for Jesus Christ, for what he has done for us, to be excited. All right, we are seeing now in these last days that church of Laodicea, all right, that lukewarm church. And what does God's word say? He's going to spew that out of his mouth. You know, you cannot ride the fence. You can't have one foot in the world and then one foot with God. It's either you're all for God or you're not. And my friends, where are you at? Are you trying to ride the fence? Are you trying to make excuses for, uh, I don't know, you know, the whether it's alcoholism or whatever it may be, that you know you're 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 making excuses trying to justify sin, walking the line of lukewarmness. You show up to church and you know you feel like you, you feel good, you feel like you've done a good thing, and that's the extent of your Christian walk. That's the problem. We should continually be in a state of growth. All right. I don't know when I did that just then. I don't know why. It made me think about my mom when she used to spank me. She. <laughs> She couldn't speak unless she swung when she spanked me with the belt. Don't you ever do that. So when I did that, that made me think of that. I'm, I'm, very, I'm a very strange man. Anyway, but, uh, but we should continually be in that state of growth. We should continually be pushing forward and growing and learning and being excited. You know, if the world around us could see the excitement, the zeal, and the joy of Christians Maybe that could have a great, mighty impact without saying a word. That could have a, a tremendous impact uh, on those around us. So, uh, so that's one thing we get to see here: that uh, that imperishable, that undefiled, that unfading. Okay, we'll take a sip of coffee. Hold on. Excuse me. Sorry about that. All right, kept in heaven for you who, by God's power, are being guarded. You now it's kind of a. Um, uh, it's a, a military term, uh, being guarded, being protected, uh, if you will. When you see that word being guarded, because see, God is there. God is there to protect us. God is there to watch over us. He's there to to guide us, and he's going to protect us all the days of our lives while we're here on this earth. You know, just like any loving father would do, he's going to protect his children, and that's what God does. He does protect his children. And even though you may be going through some through some tremendous trials, whether physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, God is there. 
and he is protecting you. You may say, you may feel like, well, you know, it don't feel like that, you know, but it's not as bad as it could be if God's protection wasn't there, if his mercy wasn't there, if his grace wasn't there. God is guarding you. God is protecting you, and God is watching over you. And so that gives us that, that amount of peace knowing that we are having God's protection. And that allows us to have that strength and the ability to continue to push forward and to, to not give up through faith for salvation, okay? Uh, ready to be revealed in the last time. Now, here, when we look at this here, uh, when we look at, um, uh, and this, uh, we're talking about for salvation and, and talking about um, how this is revealed to us, uh, you know, we can see this, this is, you know, particularly in regards to being born again, you know, something I mean to look at just a minute ago. Uh, if you if you look on down, we, we can jump down through here in First Peter uh, in chapter 1 here. Well, let's look at verse 23. It says, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So God's word is living. God's word is powerful. God's word is sharp. God's word does pierce. You know, that's why it's imperative that you're in God's word, that you're reading it daily. You know, it reflects back to us those things that we need to change, those things that we need to fix. But we see that there in the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. So, you know, all these people throughout history have tried to destroy God's word and they have yet to ever make it happen. You know, Dad's talking about Lee Strobel's uh, Search for Christ, and and, uh, and it's a great book. I I read that and uh, highly recommend it. And there's some good uh, good history that he's got in there. Uh, but um, uh, but we see that uh, uh, you know where people have tried to uh, destroy it, but it remains forever. And the in this words is the good. I'm sorry. In this word is the good news that was preached to you. The good news that is preached to you. Remember, that's what we're talking about here. The good news. All right. That's why it goes right back to blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we have that exclamation point there. The good news of the gospel that is preached to you. Is that not a wonderful thing? A wonderful thing that here we're seeing the inheritance that we get to look forward to, to be joint heirs to the throne of Jesus Christ. Then we have God's mercy. See, we have God's mercy, and we, we look at that in regards to his election, that we have been chosen, just like uh, Dad was talking about this morning. And that, you know, and if you, if you, you know, there's some people say, well, how do I know I'm the elect? If you know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're good, man. You don't need to worry about it. And there's some people out there who think that it hinders the word of God, but we don't know who the elect are. That's why it's imperative. We still get out there and we share the gospel. We still tell others about God's love. Okay? That's why we need to get excited. If, you know, again, it goes back. You know, that's one of the I'm trying to get people on fire for Jesus, man. Because if you're on fire and if you're excited about the very things we're studying about here uh, this evening. I mean, you look at Peter, and, and and here he's talking to people who are persecuted. He's going through terrible things, and he's telling them about the, 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 the what Jesus Christ has done for them, reminding them of things that God's done for them. You know, here he went through uh, some periods of, uh, of trouble and problems, and, and yet he is still, he's demonstrating his, his excitement for Christ. 
And if people could just understand that, and if they could express, it's not, it's not a facade. This is not a facade. My excitement for Christ is not, is not oh, well, he's, he's just doing that uh, for the camera. He's just doing that because he's a preacher. No, I genuinely love Jesus Christ, and I get genuinely excited. That's why I'm, I get emotional in regards to spreading the gospel, and, and uh, I feel like I'm a crybaby sometimes. But I'll just be honest with you, the Spirit comes over me so heavily sometimes, it just, I can't, I can't help it. It just, it just happens. But I genuinely get excited. And if more Christians can get excited for the Lord, it may draw others to him. But so many Christians walk around with a scour on their face. They walk around so, act like they're so miserable. And I, I get being angry right now. I get it. Okay. I'm angry with the things we, uh, we politics are and what's going on in our world. I get that. But we don't need to be consumed with anger. We need to be consumed with the love of Jesus. That's what's important right now. You know, God's got all this. This 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 garbage that's going on right now. Guess what? God's in control. It's going to be what it's going to be. And uh, we just need to keep pushing forward. And and so many Christians act so miserable. Well, you've around somebody that's miserable all the time. You definitely don't want what they've got. You know, I mean, really, it's kind of like at. Uh, that woman on uh, uh, on Saturday Night Live, Debbie Downer, you know, they'd all be upbeat and excited and said, boy, I can't wait to, to go to Disney or go to the beach. And, and she's sitting there and she goes, well, I wish I could go to Disney. And, you know, it just brings the whole thing down. Or wish I could go to the beach, but I sunburned. You know, what everybody's like, you know, you hear that, wah, wah, wah. You know, it just brings the whole thing. That's a like a lot of Christians. They just act miserable. And so... It, what you know? What what is it that you have that somebody else would want? Well, if you're acting like it, well, I don't want to be around them at all. I was like years ago. I lived on Johnson City. I lived literally beside of a church, and I lived there for almost ten years. And they were some of the nastiest. I mean, nastiest people I ever seen. In my fact, I was walking my dog one day, and they tried to run me down, getting in their park. They didn't hesitate. Didn't slow down. Didn't say they were sorry. Nasty people. And I'm, I'll be honest with you, the whole time I lived there, not, lived literally beside of a church, not one time did I ever have anybody invite me to their church. Not once. You know, and uh, it, based on that, had I not already been saved, I would not have been like, yeah, that's the last place. I, last thing I want to do is be a Christian or be in that church, you know. And uh, so that's why we, we have here the, this hope, this reality uh, it was, uh, see, I wrote something down here. Uh, John Piper said, uh, let's see here. It said, mercy from God causes us to be born again and uh, uh, praise, uh, faith, blessed be God. And um, it's talking about the living hope kept by God, blessed be God. Of course, I didn't read that in its entirety there, but, uh, but the fact that he's, Mainly because I can't read half my writing, but anyway, uh, but the uh, but the uh, but that mercy from God, as John Powers talking about, uh, caused us to be uh, born again, and so we get to see that um, uh, uh, these verses here said that uh, not only we see that blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to uh, Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again into living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, you know, when we study this, and then you go back and read it again, it's like, wow. You know, it's like, 
uh, turning a light switch on. It's like, oh, wow, you know, I get what this is saying. Christ did to an inheritance. See, I get to inherit something. You know, when you know when somebody talks about a will and your name's in it, you're going to perk up and you're going to listen, okay? You're going to be like, oh, you know, what did I, what, what happened there? You know, and, oh, uh, I missed that person. Oh, and in the will, Matt Young, oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, uh, what is in there, you know? Uh, but uh, if anybody reads my will when I die, I, I you're probably going to probably uh, owe money. But anyway, don't receive it. <laughs> but anyway, but here it's kind of like reading a will to an inheritance that is imperishable. See, we, you know, this should really perk up your ears of, wow, uh, look what I get to look forward to. Look what I get to inherit as a Christian, to be that joint heirs with Jesus Christ that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. All right, it's like talking about the world's greatest strong box, all right, in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So whether it's in the in the last days or our last days on this earth, it will be revealed to us and given to us when we will receive that inheritance. Is that not a wonderful and beautiful thing indeed that we get to inherit? You know, um, I was reading the illustration. It's actually from uh, uh, the Daily Bread from 1982, but it was talking about um, these mountain climbers. They had as um, very icy. Uh, I can't remember the. I don't think any. I don't think they even gave the name of the mountain or not. But anyway, they were climbing up. There was a group of men climbing up. Well, one of them lost their footing. Well, when that one lost their footing, I guess where they were attached, several of them slid off uh, with them. Well, some of the ones I guess were up above were in a very secure spot. So when it when it swung out, they were able to hold on. But the bad thing is, when it swung out, it snapped, and they saw their uh, uh, their friends perish from a very you know high fall, and uh, and so they were immobile for just for quite some time. And they finally got got enough courage to start you know uh, to descend down off of this mountain. And uh, they got back to inspect uh, that rope. And uh, the, a true mountain climbing rope has this, this I guess, like a red strand uh, that goes to the middle of it to help give it more security. Well, apparently the rope they bought was, uh, was, uh, was a fake, wasn't a real true mountain climbing rope, and then that strand wasn't there. You know, there's uh, uh, the point uh, that we see here is that God... Uh, is that uh, that true strand, the red strand, if you will, uh, that uh, that gives us the proper support, give us the security we need to know where our salvation lies. There are a lot of uh, falsehoods in this world. There are a lot of false teachings in this world, and like that rope is going to snap and and pull you in, and you're going to fall into the wrong direction. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to spend an eternity in the depths of hell. But if you want true security, if you want true salvation, if you want to spend an eternity in heaven, it's through Jesus Christ alone. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't care. Uh, you've heard me say this before. I don't care if you're Hindu. I don't care if you're Buddhist. I don't care if you are Jehovah's Witness. I don't care if you're Mormon. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. That's it. That's the only way. See, that's the rope that's not going to break. That's the rope that is secure. That's the rope that's going to, to, to uh, uh, keep you on the right footing and the right path. And so when you stumble, it's going to secure you and keep you in the right place. 
You got to keep your eyes on the Lord, people. Uh, the devil gives plenty of distractions. Trust me. Trust me. It never, it never fails. Every single time that I, I start to try to really spend some time in the Word studying, everything, something's constantly trying to distract me. And I guess what? The old devil will do the same thing to you. He don't want you doing that. But we've got to stay the course, and we've got to stay focused. Fran Paradis wrote, ready for the rapture. Amen, Mrs. Pear. That's exactly right. I am ready for the rapture. And it's like Dad's talking about uh, rapture practice. And uh, I don't uh, recommend getting on your roof and jumping. Uh, your prerogative do so. Don't come running to me when you break your legs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but um, it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. And if you think you're going to wait to the last second to say, Jesus, and try to ask Lord into your heart, you won't even have the time to utter a syllable before uh, we are raptured into heaven. So you better get your house in order now. But for those who are saved, my friends, do not take for granted what you have. Be excited. Have that zeal. And, and uh, know where your inheritance is, where your, where your trust and your faith is. Understand the mercy of God. You know, God doesn't have to forgive us. You know, I think that's what I think that's where some people take for granted. You know, of God's mercy is uh, well, if I sin, I ask forgiveness. God's going to forgive me. Well, that's true, but it's kind of a flippant attitude. Of, well, God's going to forgive me anyway. God doesn't have to do that. All right, I understand that, and we need to work on those weak areas of our life. We all have them. We all have weak areas. Some more than others. <laughs> I'm talking about me here. Uh, I have a lot of areas I have to work on. And, uh, and the devil knows those weaknesses and he knows where to hit. And it, it, you know, I've, I've said before that is, it is the battle continues even after you've asked for forgiveness, because when you ask for forgiveness, yes, God is faithful. Just forgives our sins. We can trust the fact it is forgiven. God will not bring those back up again. But the bad thing is the devil is still after us. Even though we ask for forgiveness, look what you did. Look what you said. Look what you thought. Boy, you're some Christian. You know, the battle continues. And that's when you have to say, you know what? In the name of Jesus, by rebuke, you say, just get away from me. You know, I, God, God's forgiven me. He loves me. I've got to try to do better. Next time I see that pitfall, I know to avoid it and to do better. My friends, I hope and pray that uh, you're striving to do better each and every day. And that you're striving to be excited for Jesus Christ. Be excited. Man, get out there. Hug a tree. <laughs> you know, be that excited. Be that excited for Jesus that you want to get out there and tell the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Just as Peter say here, blessed, <laughs> blessed. Be excited for Jesus. Let's close in prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you. We love you. And we praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to spread the gospel message. Lord, let us be excited. Lord, praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, thank you for our inheritance and the security of it. And Lord, for someone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
thank you all for watching. I appreciate it. Now, we got a few, uh, got a couple minutes here so we can see, uh, read a few comments that were popping up here. Let's see here. We'll just jump around. I won't try to read every single one of them here, but let's see what we got here. Uh, uh, Robert DeBrace is smart girl. You raised her right. Uh, we're talking about Madison earlier. And, um, uh, Kimberly said, uh, pray for those seeds are watered. We love you all. Thank you, Kim. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Robert DeBrace said, we all would like to go back in time and change some things and fix our mistakes, but then we would not be here now. Maybe God, maybe where God wants us. Exactly. And I think that's kind of hits on what Dad's talking about uh, this morning there a little bit. And uh, let's see here, uh, I read Fred's comment, and uh, 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 let's see, Robert also said, you're ready or not, and if you're here, the trumpets of heaven is too late. Uh, Mr. Trailer said, I too are ready for the rapture, like the song says, I'm tired of this world, I'm ready to fly. Sharon Boyd said, praise God, and, uh, uh, and Jennifer Honeycutt would have to ask me a very tough question. She said, why do we celebrate Christmas on December 25th? Any particular reason? Yes, there is actually a reason for that. And, uh, oh goodness, I've got, he would have to ask me that. Oh my goodness. I can't remember now that there is a reason why they, they chose that. And I think it goes back to, um, oh goodness. Uh, hold on a second here. There's a reason why I've got it, um, Hold on. Jennifer, you mean tell? Why would you have to ask me that? <laughs> right here to close. Hold on here. Hold on here. Uh, if I was like Dad, the walking computer, he could tell you right off the bat, but I've, uh, let's see here. All right, here we go. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't need to read all that. Let's see here. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, speculation as to the time of Jesus' birth dates back to the 3rd century when Hippolytus, uh, 172-36, claimed that Jesus was born on December 25th. The earlier, earliest mention of some sort of observance on that date is in the Philoclean calendar representing Roman practice of the year 336. Oh, Dad, my smart like father said, because that's where it's at on the calendar. <laughs> He's such a mean tale. Uh, later, John Chrysostom favored the same date of birth. Uh, Cyril of Jerusalem had access to the original Roman birth census, which also documented that Jesus was born on the 25th of December. The date eventually became officially recognized date for Christmas, Christmas, in part because it was coincided with the pagan festival. I had a feeling something with the pagan thing, but I couldn't remember for sure. Celebrating Saturnalia in the winter solstice, the church thereby offered people a Christian alternative to the pagan festivities and eventually reinterpreted many of their symbols and actions in ways acceptable Christian faith and practice. Now, I come here saying that. I, I knew it had something to do with pagans and the winter solstice, but I, did, I was afraid if I said that, that would have been wrong, so I was, I was scared to say that. But uh, uh, but it goes on. I, I could read more about it. I all the detail about it. But uh, uh, let's see here. Scholars believe it was somewhere between 6 B.C. and 4 B.C. that uh, when the year when Christ was actually born. And as that day, uh, uh, if God felt it was important for us to know the exact date of the Savior's birth, he would certainly have, would have told us in his words. So there you go. Uh, hopefully that gave a little more explanation and my father's smart explanation. So <laughs> anyway, over it was a great day or great evening. And uh, Lord will meet around 6.15 in the morning and do our daily devotions. Thanks for watching. God bless.